Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Huddle Wisdom Podcast. With me, Devin Tan, I'm a child forensic psychiatrist. And on this podcast, I share mental models to help parents fortify or strengthen their minds and their relationships with their families, their children. Times are complex and good mental models, I believe, help us to navigate chaos and um, and at the same time preserves your sanity, your energy, because we know how much energy it takes to uh, <laughs> to live in current times. So this episode is for people who are struggling with knowing the best way to discipline their kids. Now, what, what do I mean by discipline? Now, discipline is not about punishment or simply correcting misbehavior. It's about teaching and guiding, shaping and molding minds and hearts. Usually, in my view, it's, it's about learning how to conduct oneself in the world. How do you navigate chaos in an efficient, structured, productive sort of, sort of way? You need to learn certain skills in order to, to, to do that. You need to have the wherewithal and the discipline, the training, the guidance to get to that point. And it's an ongoing practice of upskilling and learning. So discipline, in my view, is about helping others, kids in particular, in our context, learn how to order themselves and how they go about navigating the world. We do it through relationship and connection. We teach discipline through connection and relationship. Punishment and the use of carrots and sticks should feature much less, but these are traditional sorts of approaches that come from behavior, behaviorist schools of thinking. But it takes so much energy and I don't think it's very efficient. I think most of us now agree that punishment, the use of operant conditioning, carrots and sticks, uh, isn't, it isn't a great strategy long term because situations change, circumstances change and evolve and you have to adapt. So sticking to certain strategies um, may not always work. So you need a system, you need a way of thinking um, that transcends uh, strategy, if that makes sense. If you have the underlying principles that allows you to make sense of what's going on in front of you, you can come up with your own strategies based on the information information that you glean from using said system. 
rather than using a cookie cutter sort of algorithmic approach. Does that make sense? We go deeper into a lot of this in, in the um, uh, Discipline with Empathic Parenting course. But I'll share uh, some of the core principles here with you. And I'm, I'm confident that it will assist. Now, just to be real here, okay, there are children who, for different reasons, are more challenging to discipline than others. And, and when you couple that with where we are now in the world, you know, where there's so much competition for your children's attention, there's so much competition for your attention and focus. You know, we're stretched in different directions. There's so many demands and pressures uh, being placed on us now. I, I do think it's unprecedented. I... Um, in the past, I used to think, yeah, you know, history repeats itself. Well, sorry, no, history, <laughs> what do they say? History doesn't repeat itself, but it does rhyme. And my thinking was that what people were struggling today were probably the same kinds of struggles they were struggling with back, back in the day. But, you know, we, we live in an age now where information is so accessible and... Uh, and so assaultative, what I mean is that, you know, you get information overload, bombarded. You get bombarded with information left, right and center without you even asking for it or even expecting it, anticipating it. Yes, of course, of course that life can be random and you, you, we, we have to expect that sometimes, we have to expect the unexpected, right? But with the advent of the internet... I'm not saying that the internet is a bad thing. Of course not. I'm just, I'm just saying that we have access to uh, all this content, all this information, left, right and center, up and down. And uh, the world seems to be moving very fast. Really fast. The internet's almost amplified the, and um, sped things along. You know, you, you, <laughs> anyway, I stop, I'll stop hopping on about that, but kids, some kids are more difficult to discipline than others. And when you couple that with where we are now in the world, um, you know, it, it makes it even messier, more complicated, competing pressures. You know, do you have time to, to teach your children? in the way that you actually want. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, a lot of us feel like we're, we're having to play catch up. But it feels like we're just chasing our tails, right? It's not easy. I mean, life. So you, you kind of have to have a system or a way of doing things that negates all of this. And there is away. It's not perfect like most things in life, but I think it's it's as close to natural and um, as close to our natural way of being human uh, that I can I can see. And these these principles which I'm going to share with you um, or have shared with you uh, you know under underlie 
in my opinion, all effective parenting strategies. You know how some people can use behavior, behaviorist approaches like magic? You know, for some people, behavioral approaches work so well. And for some people, it doesn't. The difference is because they might be using the, the tools, the behavioral tools, you know, those people that are successful with using it, but they are also working from an underlying philosophy, principle, I believe, um, where connection and relationship is the linchpin for all those strategies, if that makes sense. There's something tying all that together, something that unifies all those strategies, and it's consistent with their underlying philosophy, which is connection with their child trumps everything else. Preservation of relationships, um, investment in relationship, connection. Okay, so I'm now coming to the bit where I talk about, you know, common themes. Common themes I've observed over the years um, that, that seem to uh, exemplify the sort of um, parenting I'm talking about. Okay. So, uh, none of this is in order of importance. So there are five things I wanted to, to talk about. The first is parent self-regulation and stability. Uh, the second is that kids are not small adults and they're not mini versions of you. The third theme, kids are not pets. Number four, don't leap into fixing something before you establish connection. And number five, don't forget about ecology or the environment, which is kind of related to um, the second, second theme. Now, none of this is in order of importance, but um, I'll talk from the top. So the first one, the first, the first theme, parental self-regulation. Now, pa parenting takes a lot of work. Okay, I, I know that, we know that. All right. Parenting takes um, a lot of energy, like anything worth doing. And it, and it demands the best that we can give it. Of course it does. The reality is that many parents feel like they are drowning in stress. And for many parents, it feels like you know, it feels like they're not measuring up, they're failing at parenting. If we are honest, we can all feel like this sometimes, and some people feel like this every day. But therein lies the issue. On the one hand, it's totally understandable when parents show cracks. Um, on the other hand, unregulated emotion that comes from that can be harmful to our children if we don't sort this out. And of course, harmful to you in the long run if you don't sort this out. Unregulated emotion harms you and your child. You need to sort this out. You need to seek assistance. Children and parents don't exist in a vacuum. 
you as the parent are part of the system in which you and your child coexist as well as others around you our behavior is this product of complex mathematics between individual factors and the environment your child is part of your environment just as you are part of your child's environment and then you add the extra layer of complexity with other relationships around you you know this network uh, around you in your environment parents are part of the child's environment and vice versa we interact with our children and they react and then we we, we respond in return etc etc none of this is um, uh, disputed it's it's just what's what happens it's fact we are part of the equation that produces our child's behavior that might be small that might be a large contribution and how we respond and act has a direct correlation with how they act or react in return so think about how you contribute to disciplinary problems are you cold and dismissive are you angry and impatient can you be overbearing and suffocating are you quick to anger quick to react all of the above is is human yes i'm not saying that you can't have a bad day and for many of us sometimes it feels like every day is a bad day i'm not disputing the fact that these these problems for adults exist they do they really do and i'm not admonishing anyone for it i'm just saying you have to understand that you are part of the environment in which the child exists and if you don't learn how to self-regulate even in the midst of a difficult situation with your child if you don't learn how to self-regulate it's going to be way dif more difficult for you there's no easy way of putting it but it's true if you cannot control yourself and your emotions you need to address this sooner rather than later because if you don't you're going to have more disciplinary problems on your hands again don't get me wrong children can push their limits and some children push more than others but that's their job you have to examine the reasons why you react the way that you do to them does it stem from mood and anxiety problems does it stem from past hurts in your life And does it stem from trauma? Uh, I, I don't know, but whatever it is, you must seek help. Your children depend on you getting help. Self-regulation is so important. 
um, you know, reach out to your doctor, reach out to your local uh, mental health services, counsellors, um, talk to a friend, you know, a, a supportive family member, um, whoever, just get help. Get help, my friend. Okay, the second thing, children are not mini versions of you. They are not small adults. It might seem like I'm stating the obvious, but I, I need to because people often forget. You know, for example, a child with really good verbal ability, they, they can trick us into assuming that they are more mature than nature sees it. <laughs> we fall into traps of thinking, they should know better. You should know better. You should know better. The curse of knowledge is a powerful fallacy that we can fall into. We think that someone should know something simply because we understand it so. We assume that other, other people also understand and have the knowledge that we do as well. Don't expect them to be able to tolerate certain challenges just because you can. They are still developing, I'm talking about children here, still developing and they need your patience and graciousness. Children's value systems are shaped by yours. But they'll also have their own perspectives. And it's important that we give them the respect that we'd expect from others too. From others to extend to us when we are sharing our own views. You might be surprised at how much you could learn from your children with an open mind. So, sometimes I like to ask... <laughs> You know, is the kid just smart or are we just dumb? For me, I think it's both. <laughs> In my case. The third thing, uh, the third theme, children are not pets. It sounds tongue-in-cheek, but it's not a joke. You know, back in the day, people used to say children should be seen and not heard. I've observed that attitude still survives in some folks. Unfortunately, you know, people bark commands at their kids. It's rude, it's disrespectful. So don't be surprised when your kids learn to speak to you in the same way. Children depend on adults for a much longer period relative to animals. Children are not animals, they're not pets, they're not your accessories, they're not objects. You can't just shout things at them and expect them to <laughs> to say how high. Some people do expect that. Some people do expect that. There's a, there's a movement now that wants to see children to be more independent than they really should be. You know, let the kids roam free. Let them roam free. Examples are, is this... Uh, um, you know, there are examples of adults manufacturing situations to push their kids to be more independent than they really are based on um, some of these new movements that are coming out. I think, what do they call it? Free-range parenting. I don't know much about free-range parenting. Maybe it's not fair for me to talk about that. But what I can talk about is that, yes, I have observed that some adults... Um, have a blasé attitude towards 
their kids and when their kids are wanting when their kids are kind of out there doing um, pseudo-independent things those pseudo-independent things are praised and encouraged and parents manufacture situations to push them further and further into pseudo-independence the reason why I call it pseudo-independence is because it's not true independence why is that? because kids who are pseudo-independent are peer-orientated they lose their connection with their adult attachments and they attach more to other peer to, to sorry other kids and their peers and other things that are not their parents uh, you're playing with fire free range parenting I call it not parenting <laughs> but I think I understand the premise of course we can't mollycoddle our children we have to prepare them for the road but only when they're ready we can't manufacture situations uh, to test them when they're ready they're ready rather you know we, we can't prepare the road for them right we have to prepare our kids for the for the road like, like they say but this is a false dichotomy children depend on us until they are mature enough to be more independent children will naturally become more independent within the context of a secure connected relationship to a stable adult carer oh but how will they learn how to be resilient Devin? i would argue that the more secure a child is in the knowledge that they are seen heard understood accepted the more likely it is that they will expand their limits and when they face adversity they know that we have their backs and then, then they're more likely to face adversity The solid messages that they get from us forms the backbone of their mindset. Not fickle messages from the world and from peer-oriented kids. Should we push them out if dependency from us is coming too, too strong? You know, should we, should we push them out of dependency from us too soon? No, we should not, obviously. They're not cats. You can't leave them at a cattery or shelter when you go away to Rarotonga for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you might want to. By the way, quick tip. When you get the urge to look at your phone first thing in the morning when you wake up, switch that. First thing you do before you look at your phone is to give your kid a smile, a big, genuine hearty smile, a touch, a hug, a word, then go ahead, look at your phone after that. Every time you have the urge to look at your phone, switch that over to making a connection with your child. Every time. All day, every day. You'll find that over time, you'll be surprised. Actually, you'll discover you look at your phone less and less. Which is good! But then it's twofold. You also increase the strength of your connection with your children. Do this with your partner as well. D, the fourth thing. Don't leap to fix before you connect. 
And I'm also going to talk about the importance of time in. Time in. It's tempting to launch into fixing and correcting or admonishing, but it often can give you less than favorable results. Um, invariably, you also get a nice dose of resentment and maybe some backlash as well if you jump in before you uh, appreciate and understand the situation. You know, you try and fix things or you try and uh, correct a child before you've um, established a connection. Um, a recent example, okay, uh, let me give you a recent example and hope this makes sense to you. And we've had this happen a lot to us when our kids were, were younger. Um, so it, on our way back from holiday, um, on the plane, as it was a land, landing, uh, a mother was struggling to keep her, her child seated. And the, the child kept standing up. And clearly the mum was quite stressed and uncomfortable with the situation, right? Um, you know, she she was calm and and collected, and um, but she she wasn't a moment later because the flight attendant um, came around and and made no attempt to understand what the parents' predicament was, and the flight attendant stormed over, very angrily scolded the mother, already stressed, and now embarrassed, and made to feel like she had just committed a crime, you know. No surprise that the mother chose not to say thank you very much as she disembarked, <laughs> right? So, you know, you have to be careful. You need to understand a situation before you leap. Sometimes you won't always understand a situation, okay? Let's be real about that. And sometimes you do have to act when you believe there is a risk of injury, um, for example. But, but make sure you replaster and rebuild any rupture in the relationship afterwards as a result of your leaping in. So time in, time in, this is when I talk about time in, it's more important, I believe, than time outs. More time in decreases the likelihood of needing time outs over time. Does that make sense? Um, so, you know, time out is traditionally seen as a behavioral tool. In my view, it shouldn't be your go-to strategy for managing misbehavior. And, you know, they're typically best used as a cooling off measure rather than a means to punish or control. Um, and, it, it, I mean, it's, it's different to a forced separation where there is a risk of injury, you know, where you, you have to actually physically prize people apart if they're trying to injure each other. Um, that's that's not timeout. That's quite different. Timeout is a cooling off period that's proactive and uh, deliberate, deliberately um, prescribed, if that makes sense. But what I'm saying is that you you should need less timeouts if you have more time in. Um, granted, some children uh, are more uh, are less responsive to time in than others. But time in without time in. Life is more difficult anyway, so you might as well do it.
Now, sometimes you have no choice in the moment when you have to physically separate people, separate people. But you have to also acknowledge that the cost is going to be a, rela uh, a rupture in a relationship, hopefully a small one, if you've put in enough time in. So after forced separation, you must always refocus on time in after an incident because insecurity uh, resentment all those feelings can come when a child believes that time with their parents happens only when they are being good and so it's, it becomes more difficult for the more insightful, insightful ones to just simply be themselves they, they can be they can develop this sense of being of needing to be on guard so if you use timeout, that equates to separation and disconnection. Time in is the opposite. And if you use timeout, make sure you double up on your time in, if that makes sense. So long and short is connection first and always, before and after, and during any incident, before you fix. Connect first and then fix second. The fifth theme is ecology. You always have to bear in mind the environment. Sometimes, no matter how much time in you provide, the demands, pressure and stimulation of the environment will overwhelm a child. A child who might lack the capacity or skills to cope or the maturity to cope with, that, with those demands. While I do believe we ought to prepare our kids for the road, we also need to understand that a child can or cannot handle a situation that exceeds their capacity to cope with that situation. And so we have to adjust accordingly. There's no point sending a kid up to Mount Everest if they don't know how to use crampons or they don't have the requisite skills in order to climb. But you, you, know, you won't know that until you have insight into your particular child and insight into the environment in which they are embedded. So, you know, that's why I, I keep saying it's so important for you to reflect and self-regulate and be aware um, and connect. Because if you, if you can connect, it makes it easier for you to understand um, what your child might or might not need or what they can or can't handle. Time is a precious commodity, but um, do as much as you can, every opportunity you can, every day to connect with your child so you understand them every day afresh. Because kids change over time and sometimes they change under your noses. You won't regret it if you do spend your time deliberately prioritizing connection. Instead of checking your phone in the morning when you wake up, make the first thing you do connection with your child. Before you retire for bed, don't check your phone connect with your kids if they're sleeping sit by them enjoy the fact that your child is your child in fact make it a rule every time you get the urge to look at your phone use time in with your child instead you won't regret it you won't regret it okay so we've talked about those five themes thinking about the ecology and the environment not leaping into a situation before you fix, uh, sorry, before you establish connection, use time in a lot more than time out. 
Children are not pets. Children are not mini versions of you. They're not small adults. And learn to regulate yourself. So we go uh, deeper into these sorts of tenets in the course um, Discipline with Empathic Parenting. Um, it's available on huddlewisdom.com forward slash practice, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E, huddlewisdom.com forward slash practice. Um, I do invite you to go and uh, sign up for the course. Um, I think it's well worth it, not just uh, for your kids, but for your kids' kids as well, in my view. I think it's got um, uh, flow-on effects. If you can connect well with your own kids, they'll learn how to connect well with their own offspring at some stage in their lives <laughs> when they are old enough to have kids, their own kids. And then you can connect with those kids and so on and so on and so on. So I hope that was useful, my friends. Uh, thank you for hanging out and lending me your ears. I look forward to catching up with you again next time.